You've got ideas, you've got ambition, you've got no time, or so you think. I'm Marissa Lonick, and I help busy moms with big dreams and no time. Join me each week as I dive into time management strategies, goal setting and achieving framework, and inspiring guests who are juggling mom life, work life, fill in the blank life. Dreams don't work unless you do, and just because you're a mom doesn't mean you can't still make it happen, whatever it means to you. Welcome to the Mama Work It podcast. Hey mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Mama Work It podcast. I'm excited to chat today with Brooke Shapiro. Brooke is the founder of Pandemic Working Parents, and she's on a mission to help parents thrive in the workplace. She's a mom of two, a two and a half year old and a five month old, and recently transitioned back to work in her corporate management role for the second time. I met Brooke through a pandemic parenting Facebook post when she was gathering resources for her audience, and we just hit it off. We're both working moms, and we both feel passionate about helping other working moms with the crazy juggle of work-life balance. Brooke has an incredible story, and she's doing amazing things for working parents at her current company, paving the way for other moms out there to do the same where they work. Brooke, thank you so, so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I love all your time management stuff, and I use it every day of my work to try and be more efficient and effective. Oh, amazing. I love to hear that. All right. Well, hey, I want to get started by telling our listeners a little bit more about your backstory and really why you decided to start Pandemic Working Parents in the first place. Definitely. So- When I first was pregnant, even, I was asking my manager, you know, what are our maternity benefits? And he wasn't sure. And when I also told him I was pregnant, he said, wow, I could tell you look kind of frumpy. And then he said, we were talking about how I want a promotion. And he said, you know, let's focus on when you come back for your maternity. And those three things just kind of got me fired up and like something needs, this doesn't feel right. Um, so I had to hunt for what, where maternity benefits are, how do I get them, like how can I be clear for others. So that kind of started out before I headed out. And then from there, I just came back from maternity saying, okay, you know, I want my promotion. I've worked really hard, and I, I felt like I had to start all over again. And it was really frustrating, and I kind of saw other parents feeling the same way. And it all kind of boiled up to you know, I asked him where pump room was and no one knew. And we had a company offsite, like that was in August, which was the first day of school. And I noticed parents were coming days early. They were coming a days late. Everyone's kind of frazzled and running out onto their cell phones to catch calls. And I wasn't sure what was going on because my kids were so young. So they just, I was talking at the bar with some moms and they said, the first day of school, I missed my kids' first day of kindergarten. Or dads were saying they missed their kids' first day of soccer practice. So I just felt like we needed to make awareness at work when some of these key dates are so that it makes it easier for working parents. So I just started a Facebook group for moms to post pictures of their kids' first day of school, which just kind of cheered us up. And then it turned into Halloween and then it turned into sharing parenting articles. And 
just kind of snowballed from there. And then finally some fathers got wind of it and were like, hey, I hear there's a Facebook group with information of what, you know, parent benefits are or how to talk to your managers about needing to leave for kids' games. And so I was like, hey, you want a Facebook group? They were like, no, we won't use that. So I just talked to our IND um, director and said, hey, what can we do for parents? How can we make them thrive in the workplace? Um, can we start some kind of group similar how we have black groups in our Asian community groups? And so, you know, at first it was kind of like, well, no one's going to do that. No one, um, you know, it's not a big enough group or it's not a, an easily uh, accessible group. You don't, people don't identify as parents, right? Um, so I, he's like, just let's see if you can get anyone to join if we post it. And 300 parents said they were interested in it in the first day. And then the pandemic hit and it went up to 500 parents. And we had to create resources and figure out, you know, how do we actually support parents now that all of our kids home? So we just kind of kept going from there, talking about how to talk to kids about race. How we had at executives reading stories to the um, employees, and just all collecting all the information I could from various areas of just how to help these parents with their kids at home. So that's how it all started. Amazing, and I can't believe that you went with this incredible idea. That I imagine. So many employees where you work, you work at a very large corporation, an international corporation. Um, and the first response was, well, are you really going to get enough interest? Like, how can that be? Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, you know, working in corporate America, so many parents are there, you know, economies of scale. There's two parents mostly for every child. And so I think it was just something that didn't seem visible, right? It wasn't a skin color. It wasn't a gender. It wasn't a sexuality per se. Um, that was very highlighted. So I think it was just one of those things that the pandemic, as awful as it's been, really bubbled up that was needed. And I think it's one of the people just started to feel tired trying to hide your kids under the couch or under you know hide that you have a game that you don't want to travel for work and you'd rather go to your a kid's play and I think it just got to a boiling point where everyone just needed the help and couldn't hide yeah agree yeah you're having these these conference calls and zoom meetings and a kid's standing next to you or coming into the room from behind or sitting on your lap or something and I mean we shouldn't be hiding the fact that we're parents but anyway Let's keep going. Why do you think, Brooke, so many companies lack formal support and resources for working parents? Like what is even going on here? Yeah, I think it's kind of a blame game. So it's like, is it the government's job to be helping since you know disability and all those types of benefits come from the government and the government should provide childcare resources? I think it could be something along the lines of, Again, you can't see someone's parent. It's not easily stamped on their forehead. It's not something you get to talk about every day. You try and pretend that you don't have bags under your eyes when you didn't sleep through the night. Um, or you try and pretend that everything's okay and you weren't just screaming for two hours before you walked into an office door to get your kids out. Um, and so I think it was just one of the things that no one realizes. And, and a lot of pushback also I hear is, it's just one group. 
like it's just one segment as parents. It's how do you make it equal to all the different groups? So for parent groups, we need benefits. We need um, resources. We need career help. We need, you know, a lot more um, things from HR, you know, support from HR versus people without kids, you know, they would want just pet insurance or they may just want, um, you know, to be identified by their gender or race. It's, it's not as, it doesn't cost, I guess, as much really as companies would need to just provide all the benefits that we need for childcare and support. So, I mean, you started the parent employee resource group at your company after your return to work, right? With your first baby and out of a need for yourself, but also because you saw that for so many other working parent colleagues you had, there was, there was this need as well. Looking back and now knowing what you know, do you think you would have done this sooner like before you even went on maternity leave, either to help you with pregnancy support or just to have peace of mind when you were returning to a really supportive environment when you came back? Yeah. So before I even had my son, honestly, I remember looking around like a, a event we had at work and I was like, where are all the women? Like, why is it just all men up here? Where do the women disappear? Like, do we fade into the apocalypse? And so I, I reached out to the highest level woman I knew who wasn't an executive even at the time. And I was like, where, where are all the women? And she was like, well, we become, a lot of women become moms and it's important we choose to prioritize our kids over our careers. And so we don't have the time to dedicate for all this travel. We make choices. And at that time, I was just like, huh, I don't understand because I didn't have kids. I didn't get it. And then when I found out I was pregnant, as I said, like, I, that's when I realized there's nothing for you. There's no support system. It was whispering around to find someone who knew what the maternity policies were. It was searching around a web to file it. It took me 13 hours to file my maternity leave, and I know the policies. Just the calling and planning of how you find out your pay. So I really wish from a maternity standpoint I had done something sooner, and I had you know, even thought into the future to make it easier so that someone knew what to do in a pump room, like had information when they returned, even just something as simple as flowers. There's a company called the Returnity Project and they give you boxes, you know, when parents return to work. And I always thought that was so nice. Um, Instead of just sitting at your desk crying, like I honestly did my first day back and it just, I wish there was more support. I had done it sooner so that others would never feel as as hard and sad as I did. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of great companies I see popping up with similar missions. And I just think it's great. It's so needed out there. I think as a mom who has gone back to work now after three maternity leaves, and now you have done it twice, I don't think it ever gets easier. I mean, I think maybe with your first baby, it's just scarier because it's the first time you're ever doing that. But even with your second and third and fourth and whatever, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to leave a baby. It's hard to go back to the daily grind. It's hard, especially if you don't have that super supportive environment going back to, to transition into this new phase of your life. So I'm so happy to see that that's being recognized more often, but I do think there's still work to be done. So Let's say you're a mom listening, you work for a company similar to the situation you were in where it's not 
a huge known benefit around you're kind of unsure what this looks like or you have done this and you're like, there's nothing here. So what are some ways you can start your own parent employee resource group at at your company? Yeah. So I think the easiest thing is when there are Slack channels or Microsoft Teams, just starting to compile a few of your friends just to start posting articles, to start having Zooms or meetings just during lunchtime to have different topics. Um, The biggest success I would say for us was to include fathers as well, not just say it's a mom's thing is when you can save at a company that's for fathers and mothers or honestly even extending it to caretakers for people who might be taking care of your parents because I actually do that as well. That's harder because they're not going to listen. Your kids, you can put them in timeout. You can't do that, your parents. Um, So I think just starting, you know, Slack channels, having just once a month um, sessions of hopping online, talking about topics, talking to your HR and your IND directors about, is this something we can make formal? Um, there's lots of different third parties out there that can also help you carry the weight. Um, partnering with other ERG groups also is really effective, right? Just because someone's black or Asian, they might also be a parent. So we've had a lot of success partnering with them with um, you know, how to talk to your kids about race initiatives, how to talk about behavior issues, how to teach your kids how to stand up for themselves. And also partnering with our, our gay uh, initiative as well for IVF and in vitro and all of those things um, has really helped us collaborate with HR and be a, a consultancy or support system for them since they're so swamped. And it kind of helps all everyone benefit and all ships rise. Amazing. Those are such good tips. And I think easy enough that they don't sound intimidating to someone who's thinking about doing this. So super simple. Start with a little group, right? Get a little chat going on Skype or Slack or Teams or whatever platform you're using, right? Get a little community going. And then, yes, definitely bring it up to your HR department. See what other groups you can collaborate with. If you work for a really small company, you know, maybe you start just there and then it grows into other things. And maybe you kind of pave the path for some of these other groups to get together. And it provides leadership opportunity for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a resume builder. Totally. So what changes are you hopeful to see in the future regarding parent resource groups? Like what is coming down the line? What would, if you could envision anything for this in the next few years, what do you hope to see? I hope to see better benefits or paying for childcare, paying for colleges potentially would be amazing. Paying for private schools, helping pay for your child's education if you maybe a company won't give you a salary, but they'll cover your childcare costs in negotiation. Um, having benefits for IVF and in vitro and full coverage of adoption, all those things to just help take that stress and pressure off of you financially, making it easier for you to take maternity leave. There's companies like Leave Logic and others that just you just put in your date and it fills out everything for you versus doing it manually with an Excel and backing up the math. There's just more classes and support and education. So while you're at work, you don't feel like you've, you're just giving your kid away, like just having behavioral classes, having, um, you know, talking about if your kids have autism, mentorship, if you have one kid, someone has two kids, how to help out. Or even I always dream of having uh, clothing swaps. So when you come back from maternity leave, you know someone who's came back three months ago and can just keep swapping clothing. 
there's just so much companies can do because there's economies of scales and they're all in one place and they all are working together and on the same sort of schedule um, that we can really do to help. So that's my hope for my employee resource group and what benefits can do. My God, those are phenomenal ideas. I mean, <laughs> I feel like those are things and so easy, I think, for companies to implement because if as, as long as there's an interest there, I mean, I feel like all you'd have to do as an HR team is send out an invite and boom, you'd have 20 moms bringing in shopping bags full of clothes to swap. I could so see that happening, right? Yeah. That'd be great. I want to switch gears a little bit because, you know, our audience are busy working moms, as you know. And my whole thing, as you know, if you've been following me, is I'm big on time management and productivity and just kind of living your best life by taking control of these situations. So I always like to ask my guests in advance of the show, their non-negotiable thing they do to manage their time and their sanity. And Brooke, your answer did not disappoint. And you probably get top points for creativity and deliciousness. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about what you do every night and why this all came to be. Yeah, so every night after I put my kids to sleep, I go into the kitchen and I eat a pint of ice cream. And it's just something when I was growing up, my mom used to do at eight o'clock, she would be off duty, whether we're asleep or not, we were, and she would go downstairs and she would start eating ice cream. And we'd all sneak out of our rooms and follow her and say, hey, why do you get ice cream? And we didn't, and then we didn't because we didn't listen. So, you know, I don't know. I just, (laughs) I just remember that growing up is like, I couldn't understand, like, why did she do that? Why is she off duty? Why is she so tired all the time? And why does she get to eat ice cream? So when my son finally started sleeping through the night, I remember just putting him down and like need ice cream. And I just started, um, capturing on Instagram, honestly, now, and just, you know, talk about a pint I have every night, just do a video and I have an Instagram called Sunday's mom, where I'm just eating a different ice cream after my kids go to bed, or sometimes I end up having ice cream with them and they usually end up eating it all. And I don't like sharing. (laughs) I love it. I love that you make that like your, your nightly ritual of you time. And it's like what you can look forward to every day is your delicious reward for your hard work of momming and working and all the things we're doing day in and day out. And I also think your suggestions and recommendations are so fun. Like the flavors you put on your Instagram, I'm always like, that is super interesting. I've never heard of that. Do you also make some of that ice cream yourself, I think, or do you always purchase? (laughs) Yeah. So um, every Sunday, I actually try and just cook with my son. We bake together. It's just something fun we can do. It's helped him actually learn to count like, you know, one cup, two cups. And so we started baking and sometimes we make ice cream together and I just kind of make fun flavors. Um, maybe one day I'll make my own ice cream, but right now I just would rather eat it. It's easier than cleaning up the dishes. Totally. I feel you on that. All right, Brooke. Well, before we wrap up this conversation, I do like to ask fun, random questions to our guests It's in the lightning round, just to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Are you down for this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So what is your go-to get shit done song? Katy Perry, Roar. I can get any shit done with that. I can 
I can run miles with it. I, that and Taylor's Shake It Off, Taylor Swift Shake It Off, those two I literally ran a half marathon to, just those two songs on repeat. Amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Those are good jams. Yeah. I agree. Thanks. All right. If you could go on vacation tomorrow anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? It would be South Africa. I've been dying to go there my whole life. Um, I really want to see giraffes and go on a safari and just explore somewhere really fun and nice weather. So definitely South Africa someday soon. Nice. Okay. Nail salon, hair salon, or spa, you can only pick one place to visit for the rest of your life. Which one is it? Nail salon, for sure. I am terrible at painting my own nails. I paint my fingers, so definitely need them in my life. Yes. I think I know the answer to this one, but we'll just ask it for the sake of this round. What snack do you eat when your kids go to sleep? (laughs) Definitely ice cream. Sometimes wine, too. Depends on uh, what kind of day it was. Sometimes a pairing of the two. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. What if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life? Would it be the ice cream? Would that be your choice? Probably. Yeah. I have to go ice cream. I wish I had a more creative answer to say, but it kind of is my jam. It's not a bad choice. I couldn't, you know, I can't argue with it. All right. And what is one app you cannot live without? So I scrolled through all my apps and I literally was like, I need this one. I need that one. But I think my favorite is actually my banking app. It saved me so much time from always like getting in the car, making an extra stop, going to the bank. Like now I can do everything at home in my pajamas and it just saves me time. So I'm happy. Thank goodness for the person who invented that camera snap for depositing checks. Yes. I couldn't agree more. When I learned that, like my whole life changed. (laughs) (laughs) completely completely all right well before we end this episode can you let our listeners know where they can find you Brooke yeah so you can find me on Instagram pandemic working parent Um, you can find me on my website pandemicworkingparent.com and and you can find me if you want any ice cream chips on sundays.mom I hope to see you guys there and I love to chat with you thanks so much yeah thanks for being here Brooke You've been listening to the Mama Work It podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and would love if you could take a quick minute to leave me a review on whichever platform you're listening from and maybe even send a note to a fellow mama friend recommending it. Reviews and recs help this podcast grow and reach more like-minded, awesome moms. And if you haven't subscribed yet, don't forget to click that button so we can stay in touch, girl. By the way, If you haven't checked out the Mama Work It website, please do. There are lots of free resources and great articles there that can help you with the juggle of work life, mom life, wife life, fill in the blank life. So head on over. Thanks again for being part of the tribe. I'll see you soon, but in the meantime, keep on working it, mama.